Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. It is September the 1st, and I really have been looking forward uh, to sharing some things on my heart over the last little while, and just uh, wanted to gain a little more clarity before I spoke to that. And since it's a full moon, and since it's September 1st, it's a time of transition, uh, I think today is a perfect day to do that. So thank you for tuning in and listening. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Seed Apparel. Seed makes incredible hemp clothing. Uh, it's a sustainable company. It's environmentally responsible. Uh, the hemp is grown in Canada. The pants are made in Cochrane, Alberta by an amazing uh, person named Blake and his team. And they've been supporting the show for quite some time now. And I'm incredibly grateful. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Seed. Uh, check out Seed on Instagram at IMC and also check them out at theseedstore.ca. Get yourself a pair. They're doing overalls now. They got some new colorways. Uh, so check out Seed. Also, big shout out to Mind's Dye. Uh, Mind's Dye makes a lot of my head wraps, which I haven't been uh, wearing as much lately, which I've really been missing, but it's not about the, the product. It's more about my own personal process. Um, definitely she's made me a hoodie that I love rocking. There's a kimono coming on the way. Um, I'm just processing a lot and we're going to talk about that in this episode. And if you're listening to the show, you already know that you're probably processing things in your own way during all of this. So Anyhow, the point of all of this is to say Minds Dye is an incredible company. It's hand-dyed fabrics. They come from a girl who uh, lives in Calgary, Alberta. She's incredibly talented. She can make anything custom and I'm proud to have her as a friend and also as a supporter of the show. So check out the Minds Dye on the Etsy store or check out Minds Dye on Instagram. All right, so what do I want to call today's show? I was kind of thinking like, I'm not really sure what the title of the show should be. So let's just see if something arises while we're talking about it. But uh, really it's about, today's show is really about uh, taking time. And we talked about this in our Dharmic Devotion community class last week, but it's about taking time to explore um, what has been a medicine for you in your life up to now, really exploring that and then amplifying that. Um, I think it's really important because it's very easy to look out into the world right now and see the poison. And we know from the study of yoga that poison can be medicine, like the snake venom can be medicine. Um, and anything can be medicine and anything can also be poison. That's the nature of this reality where we live. And so, I think I need to heed my own advice, take my own teachings to heart and take a deeper look. And that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that during this whole time. And that's why, you know, some people are like, oh, where did all the Rasta stuff come from all, all of a sudden? If you're listening on the podcast, I'm doing air quotes right now. Where did it come from all of a sudden? Or uh, if you're doing the Dharmic devotion, maybe you're like, where did these Hatha yoga postures come from all of a sudden? Or how come he's not wearing his Dastar or his turban or, you know, and those of you who've been watching closely, you've been seeing that I'm going through a process, but, um, yeah, the reason why is because I have been doing this since March, really look, looking at what has been the medicine. And to be honest, a lot of the first part was looking at what's poisonous. And I was in a state of depression and I was really uh, struggling. And I feel like now I'm gaining a little bit more clarity around um, 
what do we do going forward? And I've shared a little bit about that with Dharma, uh, with Dharma Temple, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a process. You don't just flip a switch. It's cyclical, and you've probably experienced that in your own life, whatever it is that you're going through. You move through cycles. And as you move through the cycles, the poison can resurface, but the medicine can also resurface. And it's very important, especially during this time while we're dealing with a pandemic, if you want to call it that, um, up to you. Choice of language is up to you. But as we're going through sickness, we are definitely going through sickness, whether it's related to COVID or not, issues around mental illness, issues around corruption in government, issues around uh, disconnection from the soil and seeds. That's a huge one. Um, disconnection around spirituality, uh, disconnection in so many ways. And, and I found that if you spend too much time on social media, which is very uh, tempting, it's, there's so much gossip there that you can become fixated on the poison. And I'm not asking anybody to ignore the poison. Of course, we have to acknowledge that the poison is there, that the sickness is there. But once we know that the sickness is there, we need to focus on the healing and focus on the medicine. Um, and so I can only explain my own personal process. I have not arrived or I'm in, enlightened in any way, but I have been doing this for 20 years and I have uh, been a, a very toxic person and I'm just now starting to understand what it means to um, choose the healing and choose the medicine uh, rather than choosing to fixate on the poison or choosing to fixate on where I've fallen short in the past or, or whatever, where the world is falling short or I'm choosing to reside in a frequency of blessing. And uh, it's interesting, I had the opportunity to sit in on Jai Dave, shout out to Jai Dave, I love that man, so grateful for him and the work that he does and for his partner Simrit. And he um, allowed me to sit in, invited me to sit in working on my language. He invited me, provided me with a opportunity to spend some time with Bob Thurman. And Robert Thurman is an incredible Buddhist scholar, um, Tibetan Buddhist teacher, uh, Westerner, father of Uma Thurman. Um, and it's interesting too, when I often use his as an example, when people start saying like, oh, you should teach your own culture and you shouldn't, uh, you know, become a scholar of other cultures. And uh, I haven't found that Bob Thurman as a Westerner has been really encouraged by the Dalai Lama to teach. And if he were to fall into some of the jibber jabber that happens on social media and said, oh, well, I'm not going to teach. I'm going to teach from my Presbyterian background that I, my parents forced me to go to Sunday school as a kid, uh, that would be a great disservice to the world. Uh, anyhow, so I got to spend some time uh, listening to Bob Thurman teach and one of the things I was reminded of is that a yoga practice a yoga practice what is yoga yoga is opening yourself up to this supreme reality to this um, omnipotent everywhere at once loving force the supreme loving condition opening yourself up to that and a yoga practice is practicing opening yourself up to that in whatever way that is, whether it's moving your body, whether it's singing, whether it's spending time in nature, making food, I don't know, dancing, whatever it is you do, praying, chanting, um, anything. 
opening yourself up to that supreme reality, the what is, the ek ankar, as uh, Nanak called it, opening yourself up to that. And I forget about that. It's, it seems weird to say, how could I forget, you know? But I'm constantly forgetting. And I'm being reminded, and this process of focusing on the medicine is really looking at what experiences have I had in my life that have been practices, things that have been cultivated um, to bring me more openness to that reality. And there have been many. And, you know, I could go, let's, let's go through my life. And, and my invite for you as the listener and the practitioner is to do this as well. And I touched on it in the recent uh, Dharmic devotion where I said there's sort of these three areas, but let's expand that a little more and look at, for me, uh, where I've really received the medicine and how I'm amplifying the medicine in my life and then encourage you to do the same. And some of the things are challenging in this current uh, climate and that's all right, you know, because um, when we say opening, that means that there is a compulsion or uh, not even a compulsion but there is a tendency to close right collectively you can't do that can't be done that way you know like nonic he's he was like i'm going to be open no matter what jesus was like i'm going to be open no matter what bob marley whoever you want to bring to mind my bago um you know patty smith trying to be uh Frida Kahlo, like there's so many people who the world was trying to close them or, or like the old song, like one of the first mantras that I learned about this little light of mine, you know the song, right? Hide it under a bushel, close down the light, close down the connection. And now it's even harder, you know, and we got to get open. We got to get open and we've got to allow that medicine uh, to be amplified in our lives. So uh, I learned about the Bible as a kid and, um, you know, I, I wasn't really that interested. I didn't like church. My parents made, made me go to church. I didn't, had no interest in church, but I loved the stories of, um, you know, the mystics and the magic uh, that was contained, the miracles. And those, when I really look at it now, I realize that I was drawn to the openness you know, not the religion, not the colonialism, not the, the manipulation that came out of it, but the potentiality of being open to the possibility that a miracle can be a part of your experience if you're open to that supreme loving condition to move through you. I knew that as a kid. I, didn't, I couldn't say it in those words. It wasn't necessary. But I can look back and, and say, like, wonder. That was wonder. The wonder of miracles. The wonder of magic. You know, and I liked the songs. Some of them. Some of them, if there was, you know, some of them I thought, this doesn't make sense. Or how, I would always be, like, asking questions like, does Gandhi go to hell? Or, you know, whatever. And maybe Gandhi's not the best example. But, you know, someone, I would always try to find some hole in the religious system. And I'm still doing that to this day. Um, and, but the challenge is, while I'm looking for holes, I, you can become so fixated on looking for holes that you forget about the wonder. And the wonder is the point, the openness. Does that make sense? Then 
basketball, you know, basketball, openness. I love the sound of the ball through the net. Still, to this day, I love it. I love learning about the stories of people who overcame adversity and watching people defy gravity and fly through the air and the no-look pass and, you know, and, uh, can't say enough great things about basketball. But what, what, but what did basketball do? It gave me some structure so that I could be disciplined enough to experience the wonder of being in the flow of the game on a more regular basis. So really it's again about one, the wonder. So some of the medicine that I received from basketball was consistency, discipline. You know, not, not because I had to, or because you must, or the coach said, you know, I, again, I couldn't experience it in this way then, but I can look back and I can see, yeah, that's the medicine of that. It's a little bit of structure and doing something that you love, moving your body. Right? And then I learned quite a bit about uh, the Buddha and um, meditation. And I learned a lot of stories about the Buddha and I learned from Ram Das and Bhagavan Das and that led me into yoga and moving and stretching my body and I learned about being vegan from uh, my teacher Tina James and I learned how to uh, stand on my head and my hands from my teacher Ryan Lear and I learned to push my body to the limits from my teacher Sri Dharma Mitra and I learned that there was more than just pushing your body to the limits in yoga from my teacher Sri Dharma Mitra. And so now I'm looking at when all of this stuff came up around Yogi Bhajan and I'm like, I don't even know if I can practice this Kundalini Yoga. I feel so betrayed. I feel so broken. I don't know what to do. I started looking at, well, you know, I've done yoga for a long time. Where was the wonder in all of these experiences? And so now I've been moving my body in ways that I used to and I'm, I'm experiencing the wonder of, you know, opening my heart and holding my foot. I have to use a strap now, not like I used to because I haven't done it in a long time, but just like feeling that balancing on one leg with the heart open in the dancer's pose and and remembering as I move through these shapes, remembering some of the profound teachings that I experienced along the way. And it's it's easy to fall into, well, you know, you're a white man and you're teaching yoga and, and you should really be, you know, not be a leading voice. And in some ways that's very true. Also at the same time, I've had these healing experiences around you know, like just being a, an asshole to people and ruining relationships and, and being a drunk and being a, you know, just a shitty person and how I was able to start to heal some of those patterns in my life and even acknowledge those patterns through doing the, these practices and have done my best to honor and learn the traditions of where they came from and and go to those places and put my feet on the ground in India and read the texts and um, not, you know, to honor the lineage and, you know, it's about the wonder once again. And, and practice those things, you know, like I, I, when I was in that real depressed state at the start of all of this, I was not moving around. And definitely keeping the body strong and flexible is super key. And when I started hanging out with Guru Singh, he it would say to me, keep doing your Dharma Mitra Yoga. I, mean, I didn't really listen to him. 
I'm a stubborn person. I was like, but I want to learn what you're doing. I want to learn about the Sikhs and I want to learn about the Kundalini Yoga and I'm not going to do that. And even the way that I spoke, oh man, I spoke about asana in this way that was so holier than thou and like I know everything and you don't know anything and what an idiot. <laughs> you know, but here we are, like that's the poison and also I've received the medicine. So anyone who's ever been offended by the way that I've spoken about asana in the past, yogic postures, I apologize, honestly. I just didn't have the capacity to see the wonder in those things at the time because I had a lot of pain. So I now see the wonder and I've been teaching that and I've been getting up in the morning, I haven't been setting the alarm uh, I just wake up when I wake up, which is usually around 6, 6.30. Uh, taking the cold shower when I can. I love the cold showers. There's a lot of wonder there. And uh, doing my asanas. And, and spending uh, three mornings a week recently with my dear friend and business partner, Sina, in his online class and being a student. You know, and I was his first Dharma yoga teacher and just humbling myself and letting him guide me and teach me and remind me of who I am. What a blessing that is to be able to do that, you know, and not feel like I'm the, I'm Reno or Tiago Prem or whoever I am and I know all the things and just being like, teach me something that I've spent years studying. Teach me it. Like I want to learn. And it's been, and, and it's about wonder. You see, that's where the medicine is. And then even around my relationship with Kundalini Yoga and the pain there, like I haven't been doing anything that's really kundalini yoga for, as taught by Yogi Bhajan because I'm hurt. But one thing that I have been exploring is like I listened to the Nitnam, the morning prayers of the Sikhs. And uh, I had a revelation recently where I was like in meditation and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let Yogi Bhajan take Guru Nanak away from me. And that's how my personal feeling. And so I, I've been playing the Japji while I do my, yo, uh, my yogasanas that I learned from Dharma Mitra. You see, these things come in cycles, but I focus on the medicine and reggae music, my, my first love, you know, and Rastafari and Bob Marley and, you know, and just playing that music and being in that sound current. It's been so healing and exploring, like, why did you love that? Why did you love DJing reggae music? Why, you know, what I put it, when I'd be DJing at home, working on my set, I would play a spiritual reggae song and it would bring me to tears. Bring that back. Amplify that medicine. And yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense that I am a white, straight man who is a recovering alcoholic, I don't really like that word, but who's learned that he has an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and so he chooses not to drink it, um, who has been incredibly moved by the teachings of the Sikhs and Guru Nanak, uh, who has gone to bow his head at the Guru, at uh, Darbar Sahib, at the Golden Temple. And that to me was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And I'm not, you know, and the way, the way I got there was through somebody who caused a lot of hurt and pain. And I'm, I'm not going to let those actions steal that devotion away from me. And I'm not sure, like, you know, there's a lot of things. Oh, should I be wrapping my head and I haven't taken Amrit? And I'm just going to trust God on this one. 
and the right will come. But I do know that there's wonder in those prayers and in the Guru Granth Sahib, and there's great wonder in reggae music and the teachings of Rastafari, and there's great wonder in the practices of yoga and the yoga is taught by Patanjali and the teachings of Krishna and moving your body in all of these different shapes and breathing. And there's great wonder in growing food and learning about seeds and saving seeds and growing sprouts and uh, communing with plants and there's great wonder there and there's great wonder in basketball and there's great wonder in the relationships and the friendships that I've cultivated along the way and and maybe I'll come to a place where there's great wonder in the experiences that I've had with the Yogi Bhajan but I'm not ready to feel that uh, right now but it might change tomorrow I'm not sure I I'm Right now, my focus is on the medicine and the things that have been medicine for me. And I know that the things I learned from Yogi Bhajan ha have been medicinal. But right now, the things that I can acknowledge as truly being medicine came from the, the Sikhs and the teachings of the Sikhs. And as far as the techniques, we'll see. We'll see, you know, because a lot of those techniques I, I had learned before pranayams and breathing techniques and moving the body and I, I'm I'm working on a yoga practice and when I say yoga practice I mean opening up to that supreme loving intelligence that's what I'm working on on a daily basis that's what I'm committed to and I hope that you'll commit to that too and you'll explore the areas of your life that bring you into that state of wonder that have been medicine and if you're feeling a lot of pain right now, like I've been feeling a lot of pain over these months, I encourage you to look at that pain. But while you go through that process, I would remind you to look at what has been medicine through your life. What has reminded you? What has brought you into a place of openness where you feel love or joy or the conviction to serve? Um, and I want to encourage you to amplify that, to elevate that, to choose that, to live for that, uh, even if it doesn't make sense, you know, because sometimes things in the realm of wonder don't make sense. That's just the reality. And I'm doing everything I can to trust that I'm being guided and that the practices and the and the choices that I've made in favor of wonder and uh, our medicine in my life leading me back to love. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Revealing the Diamond. I will be back next week. I'm so thankful that you listened to the show. If you like the show, uh, please rate us, review us, share us with your friends. If you want to get more involved, please get involved with the Dharmic Devotion Program. Uh, you can catch these talks and video and do some of the practices with the community. Um, and if you want just to connect with me, send me an email, find me on Instagram, whatever it might be. Uh, however you can get in touch with me, Singh at gmail.com works. Um, and just let me know what's going on with you and where you're at and how's the medicine going. Because you know what? There's a lot of us feeling the pain right now from Kundalini Yoga, uh, from Sikh community, um, from people who are dealing with uh, 
sickness, who feel like they can't trust the government, who feel like they can't trust the media, feel like they can't trust their parents, feel lost, feel confused, are struggling with addiction, whatever it is that you're going through right now, um, I w really want to encourage you to look at when did you experience wonder in your life? When did you experience medicine, openness, love? And um, if there's anything that I can do to help or serve, please let me know. Lots of love. Bless you.